Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Sumawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm really excited to have Mike from MongoDB join us. Mike, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Sure. First and foremost, uh, thanks for having me, Shauna. So my name is Mike. I am the director of sales enablement at MongoDB. I started my career as a developer, actually, uh, at a small iPhone app company. Uh, then I moved to a quite larger company at uh, IBM, continued my life as a developer, and I was quickly drawn to technical sales. So I did a few years as a solutions engineer and solutions consulting, and finally ending up um, at MongoDB as a solutions architect. So I spent a lot of my time in the field. I guess it's not really a traditional path to leading a sales enablement team, but this role opened up and I was really excited about the thought of being a force multiplier. So, so like I said, I run the sales enablement team at MongoDB and Mongo is a cloud data platform company. Um, so the industry we're in, you can call it high growth software or, or more, more specifically data platform or databases. Well, Mike, I'm extremely excited to chat with you. I think that the sales enablement market is very familiar with the work being done at MongoDB. You guys are really above and beyond, particularly with regards to your onboarding efforts. And so I'd love to understand from you, how is the onboarding program structured to set new hires up for success at MongoDB? Well, it's great to hear that uh, you know we're doing something right. So thanks for those kind words. Um, but uh, I'll say our onboarding or, or ramp, as we call it, is constantly evolving. Every single quarter, we get smarter as a sales organization, and we ensure to add those lessons learned back into our ramp. So what I tell you right now is, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, we'll already be outdated. But I'll give you the gist. So at MongoDB, we give you your first six months to ramp to productivity. So no quota. Um, your first six months is all we want you focusing on is getting up to speed on what we sell and how we sell it. So with MongoDB or really any cloud data platform, there's just so much you need to know. And we have one of the most comprehensive and data-driven sales processes I've ever seen. So we need a prescriptive and extensive ramp to enable you as a seller uh, so you could internalize all of this information. So first, you know, first, first starts day one, you join, you figure out where the, the washrooms are and we get you your pre-work. So pre-work for our sales bootcamp. And this includes um, technical foundations, database fundamentals, sales fundamentals, uh, sales process introduction. And you do some pre-work, you meet with a solutions architect buddy. So a solutions architect is basically um, a technical seller, you know, a salesperson's counterpart. Uh, so you, we pair you up with them, you meet with them, and you, you dive really deep into the technology. You help, they help you close any gaps that you have with the pre-work. You, you do a final exam, you, you jump into boot camp. So boot camp is a live, intense, week-long sales training, or at least it was a week long when we were allowed to do it in person. Um, so now that it's virtualized, it's a little bit longer, shorter Zoom sessions, but it's still live. And you're going to come to boot camp and you're going to hear from the most successful sellers, the most successful sales leaders. You'll probably hear from our CRO or our CFO uh, or our CEO or sometimes all three on you know where the company is going. You'll hear from the best solutions architects at Mongo teaching you about the 
um, the technology. So you'll get a really good understanding for the value that we provide as a company and how, how we can go sell this product and our products uh, and our services to our customers. Then once you quote unquote graduate bootcamp, which happens in and around the one month mark, you, you basically get out into the field. You start, you know, having some conversations with your customers, some nice conversations, some not so nice conversations. Uh, and you, you, you gain a lot of context. You do a lot of contextual learning, uh, but we don't just kind of throw you out there. We, we have a pretty prescriptive post boot camp, um, self-paced learning um, track, we'll call it, where we sprinkle in different bits of information and knowledge that you need at the right time. So things like di- different sales skills, different technology. We don't want to you know overload you. So it's kind of like a mini drip campaign. You'll get between month one and month five. And after you get all that great contextual learning, we're going to bring you back. Uh, we're going to bring you back for another in-person or live training now called advanced sales training, where we dive deeper into the technology, deeper into the the uh, you know modern data architectures, deeper into our sales process. It's kind of like the, the 301 uh, level, if that makes sense. And then after advanced sales training, you are ramped. No, I love that. I love that. It's it's amazing how detailed you guys have gotten with your onboarding program. And, you know, I think obviously one of the things that a lot of sales enablement practitioners also have to take into consideration is kind of reinforcement post onboarding. So how do you continue to build on and reinforce what's learned during your onboarding program through more ongoing training? Yeah. So learning never stops at MongoDB. Never, ever, ever, ever. Um, so my boss, Cedric, the CRO, he, he said that he believes reps should be spending at least five hours a week on growing their skills, whether that's with our enablement programs or books or podcasts, articles, etc. And we have no shortage of topics to train on at MongoDB. Like I said earlier, we have a comprehensive and data-driven sales process, each stage requiring different skills and knowledge. And those skills can always be sharpened and knowledge always can be increased. And on top of that, our engineering team at Mongo is insanely good. They are constantly developing and releasing game-changing features, game-changing products that sellers need to be trained on. So they need to understand what the product does, what the you know what value does it provide our customers, what's our go-to-market strategy, which personas will most likely resonate with our message, etc. And there's a few ways we do this. So... If it's a simple training or, you know, a short kind of smaller topic, I'll say, uh, we'll probably use e-learning modules. Um, You know, you'll watch a few videos, you'll do a quiz, you'll record yourself delivering a pitch, you're delivering a proof point, where then later your manager can can watch it and give you feedback, or we can use the the AI capabilities in the tool to give you some feedback. Um, Then there's the, you know, the next step, which is, we will build training packages, self-contained packages with content and maybe pre-work and exercises. And I'll train the trainers or someone on my team will train the trainers, which means we'll, we'll train the RDs, uh, the regional directors, sorry, or the, the vice presidents. Um, and we'll get them to lead the sessions because, you know, of course, sellers are going to internalize content from, a, from their, their leaders, uh, you know, much more effectively. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of force multiply ourselves by getting them to lead these sessions globally. Um, then even more comprehensive um, is, is kind of like a multi-pronged approach where we do a bit of both 
and we we kind of build global um you know global scoreboards so as an example what's top of mind because we're, we're doing it right now is a discovery program we're calling marco polo it's a uh you know he's a famous discoverer so basically what we're doing is there's different levels of learning and there's different goals at each level uh, but it's a comprehensive program of about maybe more than 100 hours of content um, and it's meant to be consumed um, in, in different ways so basically you'll do some self-paced training there'll be some rdvp led follow-ups to reinforce the content um, and we actually have some some spiffs or some prizes uh, for for whoever does this the best so basically you go through your entire training whoever whichever team scores the highest they qualify to teach back the content to a panel which is going to include our CRO our CEO myself um, and basically you know they kind of have to prove that they've internalized this so um, you know there's a lot of we, we try to have a lot of fun with it and, and get uh, these regions competing with each other um, and the last thing I'll say on this is one interesting thing that we're, we're exploring is conducting some of these live sessions in the virtual reality setting so we've engaged with a VR platform company and that's kicking off as we speak. So if, if that's really successful, um, you know, some of these live trainings might be all in virtual reality. That sounds very cool. And I do want to come back to how you guys have been conducting training virtually in just a minute. Sure. I, I think what I'd love to understand is, is how at MongoDB you guys have identified the specific competencies that you want your sales reps to exhibit and then how you've designed training to target those specific competencies yeah that's a that's a great question a very very important thing for sales enablement teams to understand so step one is you need to understand the core tenants or core competencies that your sellers need to succeed and this is going to be very different at every company and at what stage the company is in so for example, what we needed a seller to be great at when I started four years ago is very different than what we need a seller to be great at now. So you need to sit down with your sales leaders um, and some of your executives and analyze your top performing reps. Like I said, we're, we're everything we do is data backed, no surprise for a data company, but um, go analyze your top performing reps and understand what makes them so good. Marry that with what your experienced, amazing sales leaders uh, know from all of their experience and you'll be able to identify and understand what skills and knowledge you know you need and as I mentioned you can't just do this once so you should always be refining this um, and it's interesting because you know it might seem like a lot of work to go do this but once you have it as a sales enablement leader or sales enablement practitioner uh, it acts as your north star you can always ask yourself does what I'm working on fit into any of these competencies or any of these skills or you know pieces of knowledge they need. And if not, maybe you need to recalibrate. So at Mongo, you can break down you know everything you need to know into we, we break it down into two major buckets. There's the sales process and skills type side, and then there's the technology. And as I said, and probably will say a hundred times, we have a comprehensive and data-backed sales process. And at each stage and gate of the process, it actually requires a different set of skills and knowledge, different bits of value you are providing the customer and different bits of value you're, you're taking from the customer. So it's important to acknowledge those and understand them. We also have developed the ability to track success at each stage for each opportunity for each rep. And this is then exposed to the leaders with dashboards so they can very easily and quickly identify what a rep excels at and where they might need some help.
So as an example, if a rep has a ton of qualified pipeline, uh, they're probably great at discovery. Uh, but if they seem to get hung up at the business justification stage, for example, maybe that rep needs some training from our business value consulting team on how to build, how to build a better business case, as an example. Um, and basically, you know, each stage has their experts, like the people in the company who are known to being amazing at PG or amazing at um, discovery or amazing at business case. So you know, when we flag the people who are really su successful at that, we will 100% tap into what makes them successful and build trainings around it. Then there's the other side of the coin, which is technology. So, you know, what product are we, we looking at? Which value does it provide to, sorry, what value does it provide to our customers? Um, how do we show that value? What are our common requirements it solves? And then there's enabling and adjacent technologies. So does Mongo compete with them or complement them? And then that brings up competition. Um, so who do we compete with? What are the silver bullets, which don't exist, but you know, I'll, I'll <laughs> leave that one for other people, but, um, but but basically, like I said, you break it down into to small small buckets, and then at that point it becomes simple. Find the person who does it the best in the company, uh, and and you know get their brain into a, a training. I love that. I love that. Now you've mentioned this a few times, um, but that you guys are a very data driven company. So I would love to understand how you guys. And I know you talked about uh, some of the tracking capabilities throughout um, the training to identify competencies, but. How are you thinking about measuring and tracking competency improvement amongst all of your reps? Yeah, this is a this is a, the million dollar question. Um, I don't think there's a bulletproof way. Like, there's no bulletproof perfect way of doing this. Uh, I mean, you can you can quiz them, or you can assess them, or you could um, you know get like I said, get them to record themselves and, and get their manager to grade. But so some of the stuff is subjective. Uh, and we and we do all that because it's you know it, it is data. It's data points. It does help you. Um, and then I've seen people make the mistake of you know correlating success to the the, the program they just went to, and you, you can't necessarily do that either because what if we just released a marketing campaign? What if you know we're an open source company? So what if that customer you know already had built their their huge platform on MongoDB and then we just kind of stumbled into it? Um, you know, there's a lot of different factors at play. So, so we try to do, you know, we try to use all the tools and all the technology that we can, but we take it with a little bit of a grain of salt and, you know, kind of have to rely on the gut at times or anecdotes from, uh, you know, sales leaders or, or executives. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, I do want to go back um, because I'm very interested in understanding how you guys are going to be leveraging VR. But, you know, I think a lot of organizations have had to transition to more remote training um, this year. So I would love to understand some considerations that sales enablement practitioners need to keep in mind uh, when they are conducting all of their training virtually. Yeah, that was uh, that was an undertaking and a half to have to virtualize all of our in-person trainings, um, you know, what seemed like overnight. And I think we made the mistake of trying to replicate exactly what we did in person just over Zoom. Uh, so you know, basically five full days of you know six seven hours uh, of Zoom and. It worked, you know, especially for boot camp when you have really excited people coming in, starting a new company. Uh, you know, we, we had their attention, but we could tell 
it wasn't the same. And, you know, we kind of did this as a band-aid because we thought like everyone, we'd be back in the office after a couple months after this, this little thing blew over. But as we know, um, I'm going to use a cliche that I absolutely come to hate now. <laughs> this is the new normal. So, you know, we've, we've, we've revamped it and revisited it and reimagined it. And we, we basically are trying to do short bursts of, of Zoom, but all of the learning really happens up front in a self-paced um, kind of way. And then the, the time we spend on Zoom as a, comp- as a you know, global company together and as a cohort is a lot of practice. It's like a lot of reinforcement, a lot of practice. You get to practice with your with your peers. We'll give you some coaching, you know, things like role plays and exercises and things like that. So we've spent, uh, we try to focus all the time on Zoom or virtually with, um, you know, doing, doing the like hands-on stuff to keep people engaged. And there's a lot of other tips and tricks you can do to keep people engaged. Um, one that works a lot for us is we'll, for every cohort and every um, live training, we'll have a Slack channel dedicated for it. Um, So for example, it's topical because there's an advanced sales training running right now. Um, We have an AST November 2020 cohort, and we all go on this this channel and the facilitators are on my team are, are trained up to to basically say like, you know, anytime they want to ask a question to the audience. Um, you know, when you're in person, you can usually see who's kind of engaged and leaning forward. You can call on them because they want to answer. Can't really do that on Zoom. So what we say is, okay, you know, everyone, here's this question, type your answer into the Slack channel. And it gets everyone kind of interacting with each other. And you get to see 30 different answers to the question you just you just asked. And you can kind of pick and choose the right ones and maybe dive a little deeper into some people who, you know, they had a misconception of the, of the, the topic. So you can, you know dive in and ask second, third level questions. And people get a lot of you know, learning that way. And it keeps them on their toes. Um, it keeps them on their toes because we know we're always going to be asking for interaction. And there's different ways you could do that too. You could say, you know, if you're on Zoom, you can say, hey, everyone pop a, you know, a thumbs up if you think the answer is A or a, you know, smiley face if you think the answer is B. And, you know, different mediums to get them constantly, um, you know, engaged. Because otherwise, you know, after 30 minutes, cameras off they're on their emails and you've lost them so you know different little things like that um you know you could use web apps too we've used a, what we call the wheel of names so if, if we have a particularly quiet uh group we'll throw up this like kind of huge big game show type wheel with all their names on it and we'll spin it and whoever lands on has to like do a thing whether it's deliver a proof point or you know share their proudest moment at mongo um but basically, if I can summarize all that, it's think of creative ways to constantly get them interacting with you. And cameras on 100% of the time. If your camera is off in any of our trainings, we are 1,000% asking you question after question after question until you turn your camera on. Um, otherwise, like I said, it's just way too easy to, to dip into emails and um, you know, we, we lost you. No, absolutely. I, I can relate. So, you know, I, I think the... Thing that's kind of top of mind right now for sales nail practitioners, I think, is sales kickoff. A lot of organizations that run on kind of traditional fiscal calendars are probably trying to figure out how they transition at least part or some of their sales kickoff into a more virtual format. Um, so in your opinion, uh, what are some of the key challenges that practitioners might encounter when planning an effective virtual sales kickoff? And what are some of the strategies that you've seen practitioners leverage to overcome those challenges? 
Yeah, so I'll start this. This is very top of mind because we're doing our SKO planning as well. Um, I'll start with the biggest mistake I see, which is kind of like what, the mistake I mentioned for our boot camp, where people try to emulate what they had. Um, and it's it's just impossible. So you're not going to emulate the, the in-person feel of a conference in Vegas with all your friends uh, and all your colleagues and, you know, everyone's in person, you're bumping into people, et cetera, et cetera. So just, just don't try it because it's not going to work. Uh, but here's what you should do. What you should do is like this, like we talked about with um, core competencies, take a step back and break it down why you have sales kickoffs. Because it falls under different buckets, right? There's the excitement kind of hype bucket. There's the new messaging bucket or new product bucket. Getting to see and getting to know your executives. Uh, bumping into people from around the world that you, you know, maybe you went to boot camp with two years ago. And, you know, oh, hey, how's it going? Let's grab a drink type thing. Um, and if you could take those down and kind of break up each core component, there are different ways you could go and and solve for those problems or solve for those requirements. Uh, maybe it's not one event. Maybe it's multiple events. Um, maybe you utilize technology. Maybe you utilize virtual reality, like we said, to to simulate a you know a happy hour with groups of people from around the world. Um, so there's lots of different things you can do. But like, like I'd say, my suggestion is break it down uh, into each part. So as an example, what we're doing is for the the excitement slash executive keynote part. Um, we are going to, because you can't really have those live unless you only have a like localized kind of company. If you're a global company, it's impossible to do those live without uh, excluding a good chunk of people because you're not going to ask them to join at three in the morning. So what we're doing is we're utilizing a technology company that basically is going to produce some really cool, um, high quality recordings. Um, so we'll have like virtual backgrounds that you know are interactive and things like that. And you'll you'll have our, uh, executives give their keynotes, but we're going to pre-record them using uh, a technology company and a produ production company. So they'll be really high quality, professionally developed, and we're going to deliver those to um, different different regions of sales teams so they can watch it together. And we'll we'll have different things before and after that, but it can kind of simulate the the, the feeling of, of going to a keynote. So you, we're using technology there and a production company to our advantage um, to, to really, you know, double down on the, the excitement and hype. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Now, Mike, I've enjoyed this conversation a lot. I'd love to close on a measurement question and a metric question. How are you kind of holistically looking at the impact of all of these readiness um, programs across obviously sales kickoff, which we just chatted about, and onboarding and ongoing training. How are you thinking about demonstrating that impact back up to your executive team? Sure. Um, so what I like to do is I ask my CFO for a year-over-year -year growth chart, and then I just take 100% of the credit for that. <laughs> um, no, I, I kid, of course. This is this is actually a, a really tough question to answer because like I said, a little bit alluded to a little bit earlier, there's so many things that go into the success of a rep uh, and the success of an account and, you know, the, the sale of a, of a big deal. Um, it's hard to, you know, carve a specific number or percentage of effect that we had into that particular deal, right? Um, so uh, here's what we do. Uh, there's a couple things. The first is and actually, to be honest, this is my favorite and the thing I rely on the most is just anecdotal evidence. 
Um, we'll ask people how their training was. We survey them throughout the training. Was this effective? What did you want to see? What was it, or what was there that you, you loved? What was there, um, that you didn't love, et cetera, et cetera. That's a little, you got to take that with a grain of salt because everyone's excited to be finished a training or when they finish a training, they're, they're hyped up. Uh, but we'll ask them four, five, six months after, you know, Hey, you remember that training we had, you know, do you still use the knowledge you've learned there? And sometimes we'll get, yeah, you know, I, I still to this day check my notes from that training. It helped me with this deal, that deal. Um, <laughs> one, one guy just got promoted and I pinged, I messaged him on Slack and said, you know, hey, congratulations. He said the, the huge deal that he closed that like helped him get his promotion. He learned everything about that in advanced sales training. And I was like very proud and very happy to hear that. Um, so we use anecdotes a lot and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to sales leaders and we'll say, you know, how is your team after this training? We'll talk to executives. We'll look holistically. Um, then you can get another thing we do is data driven, like obviously. So we'll look at a rep. Uh, and like I said, we bring these reps through in cohorts. So we'll see how fast they're ramping. We'll see how fast they get to product productive capacity um, and hopefully that gets, you know, that time gets shorter and shorter and shorter as we, um, you know, improve and get smarter and smarter in our, in our ramp up plans. So, and it has, which is great, uh, always more to go. Um, but then there's also, Hey, you just took training X, Y, and Z. Let's go and look at, um, you know, let's go look at one month, two months, three months later at the cohort level. Uh, if they've actually improved on the thing we're trying to get them to improve on. So as an example, if we just released uh, we just released a data lake product, we gave training on the data lake, we can go see how much data lake we're selling after. Or uh, we just released training on pipeline generation. And as I mentioned before, we kind of expose uh, through dashboards, rep by rep, opportunity by opportunity, um, how these opportunities are progressing or how much pipeline a rep will have. So if we released a pipeline generation training, um, you know, a month later, two months later, three months later, we can go look at the the cohort of reps who did it and see if the pipelines increased. Um, again, you got to take that with a grain of salt because there's a number of factors, you know, correlation versus causation type stuff. Um, but I feel like the combination of all the things I just uh, told you gets us a pretty good indication of what's valuable and and what isn't. Absolutely. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Anytime. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.